Hello there and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Hello there, Des Cahill here. And I'm delighted to welcome to the island a Roscommon woman. We haven't had too many Roscommon women on the island. She's the lead singer with folk group Dervish, who last year received the BBC's Lifetime Achievement Award. It's a pleasure to welcome... Cathy Jordan. And for you, Cathy, it was a very musical home in Roscommon. It certainly was. I was one of the lucky ones, I guess, to be born into a, a house full of singers, people who, uh, you know, spent their recreational time singing songs. And uh, so I had a repertoire very early. I was the youngest of seven. And there was always singing going on, whether it was um, on the farm or, you know, in a more organised um, party s- situation. But every every occasion was marked by a, a good old fashioned sing song. And of course, I thought all houses were, were similar, but um, it's only later you find out that you were indeed one of the lucky ones. It sounds fantastic. Did, they, did all seven sing? Yes, to varying degrees of um, <laughs> um, of, of quality, now. I suppose. <laughs> uh, careful now, right? Mummy and Daddy sang. Um, Daddy loved to sing in 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 pubs, and he was always uh, called upon if he was there at all to come up for a song. And I suppose that followed through to me uh, in in later life. Brothers, sisters, everybody had a had a party piece, and were encouraged to have it from a very young age. And what what was your one as a child? Well, my first song was um, The Bunch of Violets Blue. So I, there's a, an old recording that was made in the er, early 70s and I am I think I'm three years of age singing it. <laughs> and what kind of songs did your dad sing, Cathy? Well, uh, he's, his big party piece was Eileen McMahon and he would have sang Bula Vogue and Pat O'Donnell and... Well, he had he had a whole plethora of songs, and some of them, you know, you heard more often than others. But uh, he loved to learn songs. You'd see him in the corner sometimes, you know, just learning the verses, you know. Yeah, but it it it, it is remarkable though if you start picking up songs at that age, and you said you had a repertoire very early, really. Yeah, I mean, it's something, you know, you take for granted at the time, but it was, um, you know, we all were encouraged and so we had um, songs to sing when when the when the Cayley would go around, you know, everyone would have to have a party piece, so whether it was a, a story or poem or whatever, but for us it was always songs, so it was... Um, it was a great way of, you know, just using your skills, you know, from memory point of view as well as anything else. And how did your parents feel about you becoming a professional musician? Very much frowned upon because I don't think they thought that I'd ever become uh, rich from doing it. And I suppose they were right, but, you know, richness can be um, quantified in different ways. Sure. Daddy, I suppose he was old fashioned in thinking that, you know, the daughters would marry into money and uh, the boys would get left farms and, you know, that we'd become housewives and uh, failing that, get a decent job in, you know, in the a government job or something like that. But but to be a, a professional musician or singer, that wasn't in his his uh, 
his periphery at all. And it wasn't until Dervish appeared on the Late Late Show many moons ago <laughs> that he he stood to attention, you know, wow, there could be something in this. And then he took credit for teaching me everything he knew, you know. Well, <laughs> it's probably a typical Irish father, isn't it? Oh, typical, yes, yeah, I'd say, yeah. yeah. But he would have been very proud of the Late Late, obviously. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, in my teenage years, um, myself and my dad didn't get on that great. I think we were like two bulls in a field or something. And when he died, uh, all the, the, the clips from the paper and oh, any time I ever appeared or with Dervish in, in a newspaper, he had it all torn out and in a folder under his mattress. So um, that was a really moving moment to find those. I'd say it was. When did, yeah. you fi- when did you find him? After he died, um, you know, we're clearing out his room and just putting stuff away and, you know, um, organising things. Yeah. And, yeah, it was hugely emotional, yeah. But a, but a lovely thing as well. and, and, and a lovely, Oh, gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous. And, you know, you just uh, realise the, the futility of, of rowing with somebody you love. But... Yeah. You know, tell a teenager that, you know, know. (laughs) it's wasted on the young. (laughs) Tell me then about when you began to sing on stage as a sting from with your family and friends. Well, I was always um, trying to surround myself uh, with music no matter where I went. So I joined the choir in Scramog, County Roscommon, and I taught myself to play the guitar. And then there was always musicals in the in the I went to the Convent of Mercy in Lanesborough, so they put on musicals every couple of years. So I was Ado Annie in Oklahoma and I was Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. So it, it didn't matter the, the genre of yeah. music, I just wanted to be stuck in the middle of it. So that kind of gave me as well some some stage skills and also f- from the choir you would end up uh, playing at weddings and funerals and... Then I played in pub bands. The singing lounge was all the rage. So you'd always get a a wee gig in a corner somewhere. And I joined various different bands uh, back in the 80s, you know, just playing for dancers. I played in a band called Stroke Two, which uh, played for waltzers and jivers uh, around, you know, between Roscommon and Galway. And, you know... the real uh, donkey work as a you know a starting out musician you know but you learned how to rig up a PA and put up your speakers and your your microphones and uh, plug in your guitars and tuners so it was a great basis for for performance you know and it wasn't then until um, I, I had taught myself to play the guitar and I was improving greatly and I, I used to do gigs on my own. And I came down to Sligo then to visit my sister who was in college here and she knew the lads in Dervish. And at the time they weren't Dervish, they were a kind of a rock band called Who Says What? So I used to play support to them. Then that followed on when they honed in as Dervish to make an album of traditional music from Sligo. They felt they needed a singer. So I got the call, <laughs> put me things on a cart and hitchhiked to Sligo and the rest is history. That's so a rock band became a folk band? Well, they were rock folk. They were yeah. kind of, you know, um, I suppose uh, nearly a, they had a kind of a chorusy sound even before the chorus yeah. were on the scene. They had they married rock music and um 
and traditional music in together and it was it was great at the time it was uh, back in those days in Sligo there was so many working bands and so many places to play it was an incredible mecca of music of all sorts it still is but uh, sadly there aren't as many places Venues, to play but yeah. this was in the yeah in the good old days of the Hennigan's Blues Band and uh, Hennigan's Bar which produced and incubated so many rock bands of the time Well your first musical choice Cathy Jordan tell us about it Desperados Waiting for a Train yeah, so when I was uh, a teenager and my my palette of music was was um, fairly fairly small. It was whatever I was hearing at home and whatever old records and seventy eights and and records my brother had. And it wasn't until a neighbour came home. His name was Colin Casey, and he had huge collection of music. And he introduced me to people like John Prine and Graham Parsons and and uh, Guy Clark. And that album, all number one, still is one of my favourite all-time albums. And I got to see Guy Clark uh, at the Longford Banjo F- Festival. And to this day, it's one of the most moving gigs I was ever at. And the song's about a relationship between uh, a youngster and uh, an older man. And they were just really great friends. And it just brings a tear to my eye any time I hear it. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's Desperados Waiting for a Train by Guy Clark, the choice of today's guest, lead singer with Dervish, Cathy Jordan. Cathy, what is it about Guy Clark that moves you so much? I don't know, he just, he he's able to get into the nugget of relationships and um, and that song in particular just um, really sets the scene of the friendship between these, these two people and, you know, it's just... I wish I could write songs uh, like like he could. Every, everyone would, of course. Now, with Dervish, yeah. then, you took off. And, and travelling is important for you, obviously. Well, travelling is the lifeblood of a traditional, a professional traditional musician because, I mean, there's so much traditional music in Ireland, um, it's hard to make a living from it. I mean, it's it's uh, you're selling oil to the Arabs here, you know. So we tend to go to places where it's, it's less, um, where it's, it's more scarce. Mm-hmm. So America would be um, a great market for us. We go there every year, every March, February into March, and maybe again in in September. I should be there actually at the moment. This is the 1st of July. I have been in Ireland for a long, long time, always over either playing at festivals or teaching at festivals or... Yeah, so it's it's very important to us that that we play the music abroad. That's how we, we make our living. And are there particular areas of America, Cathy, where you'd, you'd return to all the time or do you go all over the States? We go all over the States, but um, we we tend to really like either East Coast or West Coast. New York, Boston is a great market and then over the other side, uh, Seattle, Portland. But we do everywhere in between the New Mexicos and the Ohios and we were due to play in our next gig in America was uh, in Wyoming before we got, we had to tear home uh, because yeah. the pandemic hit. That's, that's had so a, we play. Yeah, that's had anywhere. a huge impact though on you, hasn't it? Uh, it? It has. I mean, on all musicians, we're all just um, wondering what, what's going to become of uh, of our livelihood because, you know, you'd think, you'd hope that everything could be copy and pasted onto next year, but it's not that simple because there's nobody working in the US embassies and 
you know, visas are hard uh, got and um, whereas before they might take three months, they could take nine months now and that's a precarious situation when, you know, your work is in March. So everybody's in the same boat, be it traditional or rock or, you know, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's, it's the great leveller at the moment. We're just all waiting for the for the words that it's safe to, to go, you know, and, yeah. and even if it is safe, you know, the crowds, the, the whole scene has changed because, you know, social distancing, distancing and yeah. uh, theatres are... It's a precarious future for us all yeah, at the well, moment. Please, God, it will, it will come back to the old ways, but in time... Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. But, you know, it's a time to keep busy, to do some writing, to do some practice. Um, you know, there's there's always lots of that to do. But you were busy. Dervish were busy during uh, COVID, weren't you? you song well, we were in America. Yeah. We were yeah. doing... Um, we were doing... We're in the middle of a, a festival or a, a festival tour. So um, we came back and my first reaction was, because um, everyone was really scared. It was a scary time. Yeah. And uh, I took to Facebook and I did a song a day for 60 days. Uh, the lockdown sing song, I, I called it. So people tuned in from all over the world. It was breakfast time in Portland and it was already tomorrow in Japan. And yeah. everyone tuned in at five o'clock for a song. And it was funny, it was full circle back to the repertoire I would have learned as a kid uh, growing up. Um, my father's songs and mother's songs and family songs and all those sing song uh, songs that re- bring reassurance to us. Yeah, but it was not a lovely thing to do, though, in that time. And, and even just having people from different places like that. It was lovely and it it kept me sane, I guess, something to do, a focus every day. Um, it got me, you know, engaging with these old songs again. It got me practising. It got me dressed from the waist up um, <laughs> at five o'clock every day. You know, it was it was great fun and it was, as I said, a great focus. And it was great to know it was giving something to so many that were in the same position around the world. It was Inclusive, it was reassuring, yeah, it was, yeah. Now, yeah. Your second musical choice, Cathy, Teddy O'Neill. Yes, well, I had so many different musical um, uh, influences um, as a kid, and then I, my sister, brought me to uh, a Dedanon concert at the Kiju um, Festival, the O'Carolan Kiju uh, Festival, and um, I saw Dedanon for the first time, and Dolores Keane was was singing with him and. That just, you know, it was mind-boggling. Dolores Keane is one of the finest singers uh, that Ireland ever produced and Dedan are a fantastic band. And I mean, it, this is a difficult thing to pick three pieces of music that yeah. do something for you. And all those bands like the Bothy Band, Planksty, uh, Alton, uh, all those fantastic bands. But the first ones that got me on the road and into a focus um, of traditional music was was Didan and, and uh, Dolores singing Teddy O'Neill. It's just second to none. And uh, the Irish do the unrequited love songs very well. And this is a, a typical example of one of our finest. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Teddy O'Neill from Didan and Dolores Kane, the choice of today's guest, Cathy Jordan. And Cathy, if I could go back to the concerts and the or the the festivals when you go when you go touring, some of them would be a mix. They wouldn't all be folk and trad. Oh, not at all. Um, you know, festivals like the Edmonton Folk Festival in Canada, you'd have world music from around the world. It's it's focuses on folk, 
but the the many different routes of that you know from Mali to um to Louisiana to you'd have blues jazz and everything in between you'd have I remember seeing Nusrat Fat Ali Khan from Pakistan there uh so Wilson Pickett uh, Ricky Skaggs yeah. um Nora Jones just incredible yeah. um music from all around the world and then the the, the the best festival I think we ever played was one called the Rock and Rio Festival, which had, on the particular year we played, the, the organisation decided it would be good to have world music as tweeners for the big acts. So we would have the audience um, of the big acts, but, you know, while they were setting up the stage, we were on a, a, just a parallel stage. Yeah. Uh, so on one occasion, we played in between Iron Maiden and Sepultura. <laughs> And that was two two hundred and fifty thousand people oh in wearing black, long-haired, <laughs> black t-shirted, uh, two hundred and fifty thousand strong uh, audience. So that was just incredible. And then the following day, we played between um, Neil Young and Cheryl Crow, wow. and again to their audience. So, yeah. uh, and it's amazing when Irish music is exposed to that many people I mean the audience is there it's just it's tough to get to them um, unless people give you the opportunity there's a well-worn track that you know where we're singing and playing to people that love it and maybe have a connection with it but there's a whole new audience there I feel that all they need is exposure to it and uh, so we're we're still um, undertaking that endeavour to to boldly go where no trad band has gone before. <laughs> your 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 album, the Great Irish Songbook. Yes. Talk to us about that because that that was hugely successful, wasn't it, in terms of bringing in? Yeah, well, it, it's still fairly new as well. It was a record company called Rounder Records. They approached us to make a, an album of like the Great American Songbook, but the Great Irish Songbook. And as we know, there's so many fantastic Irish songs that have lasted down through the generations and it's a testimony to how popular that those songs and music um, are around the world and how many people just jumped at the chance to to sing these songs so on the album we have Steve Earle singing the Galway Shawl and we have Vince Gill singing Raglan Road our own Brendan Gleeson singing the Rocky Road to Dublin and Melda May is singing uh, Molly Malone uh, David Gray sings the West Coast to Clare. So yeah. they they just jumped at the chance to have an opportunity to sing the songs that they, in fact, love and um, have an affinity towards. So um, it was a great way to to uh, lasso all all those elements into one album. Well, absolutely. The, the mix is, is fantastic. Well, we're going to play out with one of those and you can introduce it in a moment. But look, at you have to you have to wait for COVID and things to settle down and then you'll be back on the road, hopefully. Well, hopefully, yes. And in the meantime, you know, I'm sure um, when it's all over, there'll be fantastic albums um, that yes. will come out, you know, from, from people who have uh, used the time wisely and uh, wrote some, some great music. And, uh, and yeah, and then hopefully we'll all go back to normal and be able to perform it to... Vast amount of people around the around the globe. Well, we look forward to those days coming back. Indeed, Cathy. Yes. Jordan. So your final choice, anyway. You can you can introduce it. It's David. Well, Gray. it was, yeah, it was an absolute uh, honour to 
to have uh, David Gray on the album and I've been a fan for such a long time and it's so brilliant that he is a fan of Irish music and it's great homage to the writer of the song, uh, Andy Irvine uh, from Planxty, who wrote, it's on a Planxty album from back in 1975 called The West Coast of Clare. And it was uh, an honour to have David Gray at the Palladium launch gig last year. Uh, in London and uh, to sing it together was just uh, phenomenal and it just doesn't get any better than that as a as a musician. Well that's a lovely way to finish. Cassie Jordan continued success to you and Dervish and we'll play out with the West Coast of Clare, Dervish featuring David Gray. Thanks Cathy. Thanks Des. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.